Testaments to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. This is 4th of July weekend. And uh, there is always, at the 4th of July, talk about liberty, talk about freedom. That whole concept of liberty and freedom came from your Bible. Uh, our country was, was formed and was, was uh, built upon biblical principles, biblical laws, biblical thinking. And let me just say this to you, that that's really what the fuss is all about right now in our country. It's, it's, it's uh, the, the difference between godliness and ungodliness. Uh, wanting to go the Bible route or wanting to go the human route. And that's really what's going on right now. And I'm not trying to sound political because it's really not a political thing. It is a, it is a spiritual and a mental mindset. And we need to get our definitions for things like liberty from the Scriptures. So this is what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to look at what does the Bible say Liberty is. Let's all stand together. You should be at Galatians 5 by now. And if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you. Galatians chapter 5. And let's read verse 1. Let's do so together out loud in unison. Galatians 5, 1. Let's say it together. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I want to thank you for the liberty that I have this, this morning because of Jesus Christ. There is spiritual liberty in Christ, and I'm thankful for that. I'm also thankful for the physical liberty that we have in our country. I'm thankful that our heritage and our foundation and our background of our country was, was based on biblical principles. And Lord, as long as we stayed on those principles, we, we were on a solid rock, a solid foundation. We started to move away from that. And as we move away from it, chaos ensues. There's, there's all kinds of problems and difficulties in our country today. Lord, uh, the answer is your word the answer is the lord jesus christ and uh, we're thankful this morning that we can freely meet together today and to to worship and to to raise our voices and our hearts and our minds to the lord jesus christ we pray that you would have your will and way in this service and i ask god that you would take the word of god and apply it into each and every one of our hearts. Help us, God, to see some things, see some truths in your word this morning. And Father, I pray that you would work on our hearts. You know, we're not supposed to just listen. We're not supposed to just look, but we're supposed to do something with what we find in your word. And we pray this morning that uh, as you speak to our hearts about what we should do in order to be obedient to you, I pray, Father, that you'd help us to do just exactly that. And please and honor you in all things, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. The Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Now, he's talking to people that are saved. He's talking to people that, 
that have trusted Jesus Christ as their personal savior. They realized that they were sinners. They realized that they were sinners that were, were facing the judgment of God for their sin. They were heading for a godless hell. And they repented of their sin and they turned to Jesus Christ and they, they trusted in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And, and uh, trusted him as Savior to forgive them of all their sins and to give them eternal life. And th that's the group of people that he's speaking, speaking to. The truth of the matter is, and we'll see this in just a moment, but before you're saved, you do not have liberty. After you get saved, you do have liberty. And it says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Now, the very first time that this word liberty is used, it's interesting. It's found over in Leviticus chapter 25. Turn with me there if you would. Leviticus 25. Leviticus 25, if you look with me down in verse 10, Leviticus 25, 10. The Bible says, And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Now, the fiftieth year was the year of Jubilee. And it was, was a year that they proclaimed liberty uh, throughout all the land. And, and it says, uh, Unto the inhabitants thereof it shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. The thing that's interesting about this, that that, that phrase, proclaim liberty throughout the land, is the phrase from the scriptures that is inscribed on our Liberty Bell in, in Philadelphia. Uh, those words are there. Liberty has two sides to it. And the two sides it has to it is this. Number one, it, it's freedom from something. It's freedom from something. When, when you're set at liberty, you're set at liberty from Something that had you in bondage. That's what liberty is. It's a, liberty is a release. It's a release from whatever held you captive. And then the second side of liberty is that it's freedom to something. It's not just to escape something that, that you think is holding you hostage, but to flee to something. And that's something that we flee to involves responsibility. Uh, people like to talk about the release part of liberty, but we don't like to talk about the responsibility part of liberty. And there is, there's not only a release, but there is a responsibility. When, when our, our country got its freedom and we broke away from England, it did not just break away from the power of England, but it went to something. It needed to have a set of rules. It needed to have a set of laws and a set of principles by which it would be governed by. And the founders of our country got those rules, got those laws, got those principles from this book. They spent time in prayer. They spent time in deliberation. They spent time in their Bibles 
and founded our country based upon biblical, biblical principles. If you're set free from something, but not to anything, you're inviting chaos and you're inviting anarchy. Hmm, kind of sounds like Seattle, Washington, doesn't it? And that's exactly what happened there. They, they said, we're, we've got this section of the, the city that we're going to cordon off. We're going to separate from the United States. We want freedom from the United States. Well, they had nothing to go to. And because they had nothing to go to, the thing just ended up being a mess. The people have died inside of those, those, those boundary lines. Uh, it's just it's anarchy and chaos. And so... It's important for us to understand that liberty has two sides to it. Now, from our standpoint as saved people, uh, liberty has two sides to it. Number one, we're set free from sin by Jesus Christ. When a, when a person trusts Christ as Savior, the, the hold and the bondage that sin had on us has been released. Before Christ frees us, you need to understand, before, before you trusted Christ as Savior, if you're here this morning and you're, you're saved, or if you're not saved, understand that in a lost condition, okay, uh, sin has, has us held captive. Sin has us held captive. And what, what Christ does is frees us from the bonds of sin. Before salvation, we were the servants of sin. Take your Bibles and turn with me to, to uh, the book of John, John chapter 8. John chapter 8. In John 8, I want you to look with me down in verses 30 down through 36. John 8, verse 30. Jesus is speaking, it says, As he spake these words, many believed on him. On him, then, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, Ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Now what that simply means is, is before a person trusts Christ as Savior, sin is their master. They're subject to sin. They're under the control of sin. Look at verses 33 and 34. It says, it says, they answered, we be Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Now, as they spoke those very words, they were in bondage. Sin had a hold of them and they didn't even know it. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Uh, you can be under the control of sin and not even realize it, not even be cognizant of that fact. I read a, a, a story uh, some time ago about, about how uh, Eskimos uh, kill wolves. 
The way they kill wolves is they take a, another animal that has already died and they take a, a knife and they dip the knife into the blood of that animal. They let, they, let it, they let it freeze. Then they go back over to the blood and they dip it in again. They let it freeze again. And they put layer upon layer upon layer of blood onto that extremely sharp knife. Then after they have built up around the blade those layers of blood, they take the, take the, the knife and they shove it into the snow. And the blade is sticking up, and that's the only thing that's sticking up. When the wolf comes around, he smells the blood. And he goes over and he sees this, basically a blood sickle, okay? Uh, he sees this, this, this frozen blood and starts to lick the blood. The more he licks it, the more he wants it. The more he, 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 he uh, devours it, the more blood he wants and he gets down to the blade and starts cutting his tongue and doesn't even realize it now he's not only licking up the blood that's frozen but he's also licking up his own blood and before it's all over in the the, the next day that that wolf is dead right there in his tracks why is that because that blade was there and doing damage and he didn't even know it. Can I tell you, you know, and you've heard me say this, I've said this over and over again, sin is never your friend. Sin wasn't your friend before salvation, sin isn't your friend after salvation, sin will harm you. Sin will do you damage and sin will get you under its clutches and you don't even realize it. In, uh, in John 8, look down in verse 32. I love this verse. It says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What does truth do? Well, it sets you, it sets you at liberty. Um, take your Bibles, if you would, and, and uh, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Now, it, says, it tells us that, that uh, Jesus Christ is the one who sets us free. The Bible says that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the truth, and the truth will make us free. In, uh, in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, look down with me, if you would, in verse 36. Romans 8, 36. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the, for the slaughter. Uh, go up with me, if you would, to chapter 8, verse 2. It says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Uh, Jesus Christ came for the purpose of setting us free from sin. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 4, if you would. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Look with me, if you would, down in verse 18. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Luke 4, 18 
this is Jesus speaking, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now he's quoting the Old Testament. He's quoting the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, and verse 1. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are, are bruised. Now, he, was, he, he came to set us at liberty because sin had its clutches on us. Sin had its clutches on mankind. And it says that, that uh, uh, the, 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 the law of sin and the law of death was done, done away with, and we were set free from that law when we trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. What's the law of sin and death? Well, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. There's two kinds of death in the, in the scriptures. First of all, there's the, the obvious, the physical death. When a person when a person's dies and their spirit and their soul separate from the body, and the body ceases to operate, they cease to exist as such on this earth, but they go on forever somewhere. When a person dies, they either go forever to heaven or they go forever to hell. And the difference is not what church they go to. The difference is not how good they've been. The difference is what have they done with Jesus Christ? Have they trusted him and believed on him alone as their savior? Uh, in in uh, the book of, of Genesis, uh, when, when, uh, when Eve and Adam both partook of the, uh, of the forbidden fruit, of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, Bible says, says that God warned them about that beforehand. He said, listen, if you disobey me, and if you sin, and if you go ahead and do what I've told you not to do, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now again, they did not die physically. But they did die spiritually. They died on the inside. And uh, uh, when a person trusts Jesus Christ as Savior, what God does is he takes us from death and gives us life. Uh, the Bible says you were dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians chapter 2. And we've been made alive and we've been made free through the Lord Jesus Christ. James 1 verse 15 says, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Uh, you find that, that uh, uh, in, in the scripture, all the way through from the beginning to the end, sin brings death. And Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross and was, rose again the third day so that we can be freed from that bondage that sin, sin has on us. So we were, we were set free from sin when, God's, when God saved us, and we were set at liberty. But we're not only just set free from sin, but we're set free to something. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. We're set free from sin, but we're set free to serve Jesus Christ. The day that I got saved was uh, February 20th, 1969, many, many moons ago. And uh, I, I trusted Christ as Savior as a 17-year-old teenager. 
And, and I have known from that day until this day that any time in between, if I were to die, that I would go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, have you, have you always done right, preacher? Are you kidding me? Of course I haven't. Uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and that doesn't change after you get saved. You're still a sinner. But, but Jesus Christ, on that day that I trusted him as Savior, forgave my past sins, forgave my present sins, and forgave the sins I hadn't even committed yet. I mean, all of them are forgiven and under the blood of Christ. And when, when he did that, he set me free from the law of sin and death. I will, I, sin will not ever take me to hell because I have been set free. And all God's people said, man, that's, that's, that's good. But understand, that isn't where it stops. You're not just set free from something, you're set free to something. And there's a lot of discussion today uh, in, in these days uh, about Christian liberty. You know, well, because I'm a, I'm a Christian and I have liberty, I can do anything that I want to do. I, listen, I challenge you to find that for me anywhere in Scripture. It's not there. It's not there. Yes, you've been f set free from sin. You've been set free from the law of sin and death. You've been set free from the penalty of sin if you've trusted Christ as Savior. But you know, one of the questions that, that, that I asked the night I, I got saved was uh, I asked this question. I said, you mean, you mean, and you've heard it. If you've done any witnessing at all, you've been asked the same question in one, one size or variety or the other. Uh, but uh, the question I was asked, or the, the question I did ask the preacher was, you mean to tell me that I can go ahead and I can trust Christ as Savior? He'll forgive me all my sins. I can go on out of here right afterwards and go kill somebody, and I'll still go to heaven. Now, now the, the truth of the matter is, I suppose you could say, yes, that is true. But can I ask you something? Right after, I can, t I can tell you how I felt after I got saved. Killing somebody was the last thing in my mind. In fact, sin was the last thing in my mind. I had just been set free. I had just been forgiven of everything, of all of it. I had just been given freely eternal life from Jesus Christ. And what, what that does is, yes, it sets you free from that, but it also sets you free to something, and that's to live for Christ. Uh, look with me in Romans chapter 6, in verses 17 through 22. Verse 17 says, But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. That happens at salvation. Verse 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye 
in those things whereof ye are now ashamed. For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Uh, what that tells us is that before I got saved, I had no choice. Sin, sin was, had, had its, its clutches on me. Uh, I was the servant of sin. But once a person trusts Christ as Savior, you're no longer under the bondage of sin. You're not sin's servant. Now you are God's servant. You are the servant of righteousness. And look in verse 20 again. So it says, For when you were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. But when a person trusts Christ as Savior, we're set at liberty to live for Christ. To do that which is, which is right, which is pure, and which is good. The, the grace of God teaches us that uh, now we are to be servants of righteousness. Go with me to the book of Titus, if you would. Right after 2 Timothy, 1 2 Timothy, then Titus. I want you to look with me, if you would, Titus chapter 2. And verses 11 through 14. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying godliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. It says that the grace of God does not set you free so you can go do anything you want to do. The grace of God does not, not set you free so that you can go and sin. It teaches us to do some things. It teaches us to deny ungodliness. It teaches us to deny worldly lusts. It teaches us to live soberly. That means seriously. Because we have a serious task. To live for God and to tell other people about Jesus Christ. To live righteously. To live godly. That's what being set free and being given liberty and being given grace to cover all our sin is supposed to teach us. Uh, you know, do we really appreciate the grace of God that we have or do we walk on it sometimes? Some, you know, one, one of the things I, I often found myself uh, warning my children as they were growing up in our home was uh, there were times when uh, dad would be letter of the law. But there were also times when I would show some mercy and show some grace. But one of the things I warned, particularly, I don't think I ever had to warn my daughter, but the boys, man, I had to warn them all the time. Uh, I, I said, listen, be careful. Don't you dare trample on mercy and grace. When I'm easy on you, don't take advantage of that 
Otherwise, the boom's going to come down. Uh, you know, sometimes we do that. We, we take advantage of the fact that we have been set free and set at liberty. And that we, 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 there's nothing that we can do once a person trusts Christ as Savior. Nothing you can do to lose your salvation because it's secure in Jesus Christ. Uh, your security is not, your security in Christ is not your responsibility, it's his responsibility. And you know what? He never fails on anything he's responsible for. Never fails at all. Um, but we need to make sure that we appreciate the grace and not trample on it. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is a psalm that deals entirely, except for a handful of verses, deals entirely with the Word of God and the importance of it. And in Psalm 119, I want you to look with me in verses 43 down through 45. 43 through 45. Verse 43 says, And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments, so shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. All he's talking about here is, is how we can walk in liberty on a day by day basis. The way we walk in liberty daily is by seeking God's precepts, by seeking God's commands, by doing that which God asks us to do. Uh, continuing in liberty requires obedience. Take your Bibles and, and uh, turn with me to the book of James. God has given us liberty from sin. He's freed us from sin. But can we still sin as, as saved people? Sure we can. Absolutely we can. But we're, we're told that instead of choosing sin, we ought to walk in liberty. How do you do that? James chapter 1, look in verses 22 through 25. It says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. And that's talking about a mirror. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his, in his deed. Why does he call it uh, the, the law of liberty? Because God's laws... Uh, keep us, set us free, and keep us free. If you obey the Word of God and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're set free from the law of sin and death. And then on a day-by-day -day basis, as we obey the Word of God and do what God tells us to do, we have that liberty in Jesus Christ. It almost sounds like a contradiction of terms. The law of liberty. But again, and we're seeing this in, in our society right now, look what happens when laws are removed. 
Who has freedom? Nobody does. Nobody does. Who has rights? Nobody does. I watched a, I watched a, a, a small segment of an interview the other night uh, that uh, someone was having with uh, a fellow who, whose 19-year-old son died in that mess out in Seattle. And uh, nobody even tried to get a hold of the father. Uh, the, the, at, at that particular juncture, and it had been a while since the, the uh, son was, was killed, uh, the mayor didn't try to get a hold of him. Nobody tried to get a hold of him. Not only that, but you could hear, there was a, they, they played an a audio, it might have been video too, but I, I just remember the words of police officers begging for someone to come and, and to help him, begging for an ambulance to come. What happens when you remove all the laws? Man, everything just breaks loose and it's chaos. You, you know, that happens in our own lives too. When we start disregarding the, the, the word of God and the commandments, that's what precepts are. Precepts are simply commandments. When we start disregarding those precepts, we lose our daily liberty. God has saved us to give us liberty in Christ. And as we obey it, uh, we become free. In, in John chapter 8, and verse 31 and 32, we read this just a little while ago. It says, if you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, doesn't mean to just read it. Doesn't mean to just know it. It means to live it, to obey it, to do what it says. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, how should we use our liberty now that we're saved? If you're, if you're here this morning and you, you know Christ as your personal Savior, there's no doubt in your mind that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. You have liberty in Christ. How should you use it? Just two simple things, and I'm done. 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. Verses 15 and 16. 1 Peter 2, verses 15 and 16. Verse 15 says, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. In other words, he's just simply saying this. Don't use your freedom in Christ. Don't use your liberty as an opportunity to sin. Don't use it as a covering for your sins. I, I, I have heard over the years, I have heard uh, Christians say, well, I have liberty in Christ. So don't tell me I can't do something or that I should do something. I have liberty. You do, but your liberty is not to be used to cloak your sin. Liberty is to be used to be a servant of God. We have liberty so we can serve. We have liberty so that we can, we can serve the Lord God. Uh, you're now free 
to do something that you weren't free to do before you got saved. Yeah, you're free to do right. You're free to live for God. So number one uh, is to, is to uh, realize that we have the liberty that we have so that we can be servants of God. Look at one more verse with me, if you would, over to Romans chapter 6. And this is, this is really the key to the thing. Romans chapter 6. Romans 6 talks, actually 6, 7, and 8 talk an awful lot about the freedom that we have in Christ and how that we need to walk in the Spirit, not after the flesh. But if you look with me in, in uh, Romans 6, look down in verse 19. It says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. And again, he's talking to saved people. For as, as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, that was before we got saved, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. The key word there is the word yield. Yield means just simply means surrender. And and what should that surrender be from? It should be from a heart of love. It should be from a heart of appreciation to your God for saving you. I, I mentioned the fact I got saved when I was 17. I remember going home that night. I was with three other guys. And one of the guys, in describing what just happened to us, swore. And he said, blankety blank, man, that was really neat. And I remember saying, I called him by name. His name was Pete. I said, Pete, shut your mouth. Don't you talk like that when, when you're talking about our salvation. And I sat back afterwards and said, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> I'd never, I don't think I'd ever rebuked anybody for swearing before up to that point. But, but I did it because I appreciated what God had done for me that night and I didn't want someone describing it with swear words. Just, it didn't sound right. So what we need to do is we need to yield ourselves as servants of God. And then secondly, go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13 says, For brethren, that's those of us that are saved, brethren, ye have been called unto liberty only. Use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. We're not to use our liberty to sin. We're not to use our liberty to, for selfishness or for covetousness or for anger or for lust, or to use our liberty as an occasion to serve one another by love. That, that liberty that, we've, that we've, give, we've been given by God is to, number one, to serve God. Number two, to serve others. You know, when you're a servant of someone, you do what they want, you do what they need, you try to be a blessing to them, on purpose. Let me ask you a question this morning. How have you been using your liberty this last week? 
Have you been using it first and foremost to serve God? And secondly, to look for opportunities to love and to serve others. Are you using your liberty or, or for the right things or are you using your liberty for license? Are you using your liberty as a, as a cloak of your maliciousness? You know, the, the scripture says this over in Romans chapter 6. I'm going to conclude with this because I, I think this is the best way to, to end the message. God just simply says this, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And the answer to that is, God forbid. God forbid. Why? Because he set us free. And if he set us free, he hasn't set us free to continue to sin. He set us free so that first and foremost we can serve him. And then secondly, by love, we can serve one another. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray this, this morning that you might take this message and use it in each and every one of our hearts. Uh, God, uh, there are two types of people in this congregation this morning. There are those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, and there are those that have not yet trusted Christ as their Savior. God, I, I, I pray particularly, first and foremost, for those that have not trusted Christ, that today might be the day of their salvation. In just a moment, Lord, we're going to have an invitation. And, and uh, my prayer is, is that anyone that's, that's uh, within the sound of my voice that uh, uh, does not know for sure, absolutely positive, that their sins are forgiven, and that if they were to die today, they go to heaven. My prayer is, is that they'd uh, come forward this morning, take my hand and say, Preacher, uh, I'd like to be saved. I'd like to trust Christ as Savior. Uh, Lord, uh, you desire to set those folks free. And your death and your burial and your resurrection was all for that purpose. Lord, I, I pray that you'd work in the hearts of anyone that might be here this morning without Christ as Savior. And then secondly... Lord, I pray for those that are here this morning that are saved that uh, maybe are misusing their liberty in Christ. God, uh, may we not use liberty as an excuse to sin. I, I, for a long time, I, I, several years ago, used to hear people constantly say, well, after all, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, that's true. But that should not be used as an excuse for our sin because we've been given grace, we've been given mercy, and we've been set at liberty. We don't have to be servants of sin anymore. God, please take this message this morning by your Holy Spirit and work in the hearts of each and every one of us. And as you speak to our hearts this morning, help us to respond to you. And we'll be careful to thank you. And praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's do this. Let's all.